Hey entrepreneurs, are you trying to make bigger profits in your small business? I'm sure you're feeling it too. Business is hard. Now more than ever, you need to have a plan to help your business not only survive, but thrive. I'm Marcia Reiner, a business strategist on a mission, and I've helped tons of small business owners to establish and implement a tangible plan that guarantees sustainable profitability and guides your growth. I want to share strategies that I've earned and learned with you on today's Profit with a Plan podcast. I'm excited to have my guest on with me today, Paul Worth of CEO Access. Paul is a facilitating facilitates CEO peer groups since 2008. He's got three decades of experience, including national roles in startups and Fortune 500 companies. Paul has owned and operated three businesses, and he is an EOS implementer, certified predict, uh, predictive index partner, and a Vistage Chair Academy graduate. Not only that, Paul has an MBA so Paul has got total skills in running businesses, and we're super happy to have Paul on here with us today talking about masterminding. Welcome, Paul. Thanks for joining us on Profit with a Plan. Thank you, Marcy. It's a joy to be here today. Excellent. So um, I have been part of a mastermind group in the past, and I found that it really helped me grow my business. Why do you think masterminds are so helpful for growing businesses? You know, there's a lot to be said about the tribal instinct we humans find ourselves to be. And when we are in business by ourselves, we're kind of on an island to ourselves, and we don't always see the blind spots. But if we were part of a group of other professionals, other chief executive officers, business owners, and what have you, uh, who act as our informal board of directors, they help us see the blind spots that we don't often see ourselves. And I think that that's the main reason why participating in a mastermind group is so helpful to us. I so agree. And I've spoken about that in the past, that we're not an island. And it's so hard as an entrepreneur or small business owner to make those decisions in that cocoon or, or, or fishbowl and having that uh, expertise. Now, I'm not sure if you know who it was, but who coined the name mastermind? Um, Think and Grow Rich. Who's the author of Think and Grow Rich? Napoleon Hill. Yes. yes. I believe he is the one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sorry to throw you under the bus with that, but I think <laughs> I was trying for the life of me to remember who created the, uh, the, the coin, the word mastermind, but so many of today's real big leaders use them, right? Yes. Yes. In fact, it dates back even long before Napoleon Hill coined the term mastermind group. Our um, founding fathers were part of a junta, which was a mastermind group. Uh, and it dates even back even before that. So they've been around for a very, very long time. Agreed. And more heads are always better than just one. So how does a business u- owner, um, entrepreneur, use a mastermind in their business? You know, so the the purpose behind a mastermind group is so that when you have ideas as to how you want to grow your business, or when you have challenges that you're facing in your business, uh, it's always helpful to speak to other people that don't have a vested interest, a bias one way or another, in terms of the experience sharing, guidance, or feedback that they provide. And um, 
you know, we have business consultants that we can work with that'll give us some guidance, but often, you know, they just want to perpetuate that fee sharing arrangement. Um, Very difficult for us to talk to our executives or other people within our business because we don't necessarily want to reveal that we are scared. We have challenges that we are facing ourselves because, you know, they may run for the doors if they, uh, if they saw that. Uh, And quite often, if we have a board of directors, maybe we're a hired gun in an organization. If we go to our board of directors and we share with them some of the more inner challenges that we face as individuals, they too may begin to doubt that we are the right person in their organization. So to be part of a mastermind group of other business owners and other leaders, again, who do not have a vested interest in the outcome, uh, help us really grow our business by giving us, you know, their guidance, their ideas, and, you know, their sharing of experiences that they faced in their own businesses. Wow, that's spot on and and so valuable because when you're up on that um, pedestal or chair or throne of being a business owner, you want to have the strength or the outward facing appearance that you've got it all figured out. So if you're asking if you're asking the internal team to help you make a decision and it creates doubt, that could be a uh, unraveling situation for sure. Yes. You know, and you had mentioned, you know, the different seats that people could sit on. I would tell you that those business owners that feel that they're sitting on the throne are not necessarily the most ideal candidate for a mastermind group. And, um, you know, it's important that people have an open mind, that they want to learn, that that they know that they have some gaps to, to fill. But they don't look internally for that. They look towards their peers, right? Yes, absolutely so, correct. So um, what, what kind of, let's, let's go into that a little bit more. What kind of business owner would make a great peer in this group? You know, what we find is, is that um, it's across the board in terms of industry, in terms of experience level. We um, have members in our group who are brand new to a leadership role, to maybe taking over an organization. Maybe they were the children of a business owner who decided to retire, Mm -hmm. Uh, all the way up through people that are running billion-dollar industries who really recognize the value of being able to have other people that they could go to to share some of their challenges with. I would tell you that they have to be open and honest. They have to be vulnerable. um, And they have to be willing to to do things differently than they've done in the past. Hmm. Sounds like a perfect candidate. when you're in a peer, you gave you gave some extremes here on the the two types of per- people. So maybe someone taking over a family business and then a multi billion dollar business. Mm-hmm. Would you put them in the same peer group? Not necessarily. We try to form peer groups of people that are at a similar stage in their business and in their career development, uh, but. There are times where it does make sense to bring somebody into a group of uh, much more senior, uh, much more tenured, uh, um, you know, business owners and professionals. We just don't want to mix too much of that together because what will happen is, is that those that are more experienced will feel that they are the ones who are mentoring the newer people and the newer people may not have the confidence to share the experiences that they've gained in the shorter period of time that they've been business owners, but to have a little bit of a mix in each group, I think is perfectly fine. Love it. Love it. So, um, so how does a, how does a peer group 
give me an example of what you might experience in a, a mastermind group. So I would say that the challenges come in a number of different categories. Uh, one challenge may be, you know, especially with what we're dealing with in today's environment, you know, they may bring up a cash flow issue, you know, where they have so many different issues to deal with, but very little cash to uh, spread around. So they may bring up an issue like that. Another situation, and more often than not, is it's a situation about human resources. Maybe there is a challenge with somebody in the organization. It could be somebody that they hired, promoted. It could be a family member in the business. But it's an issue that, they, you know, that they've been stewing on for quite some time. So they'll bring an issue like that to the group. And also personal issues. You know, there are situations where members of a mastermind group will bring up an issue where maybe it has to do with a child who is really having some difficulty in life, maybe through education, maybe through relationships, maybe through other personal development issues. And those are issues that they bring up to the group as well. So it's everything from professional, it's everything from business, and it's everything from personal that they bring up. There are no restrictions to the issues that they can bring up to their group of peers in a mastermind group. And um, so this information that they're bringing or this challenge that they're facing that they're looking for help from, um, does it often just come out in the meeting or do they get a chance to provide it to the group ahead of time so the group can think upon it and and answer more um, thoughtful? You know, as they as the group matures, you know, from its foundation, uh, people begin to really understand more deeply about each other's businesses and personal lives. And so, you know, as a mature group, they'll bring up an issue that maybe there's some history to that issue being brought up in the past. And so the guidance or the experience sharing is just that much more impactful because of the background that they have with one another. But I would say more often than not, the issues that are brought up with are quite often brand new to the business owner themselves or maybe something that they've been dealing with for quite some time, but hadn't brought up to the group previously. Interesting. And um, so is there, okay, so I'm uh, trying to paint a picture here of what an experience would look like within a group. And um, if we had a group together, how many people are normally in a group? I think a perfect size group is somewhere between 12 and 16 members. Excellent. Uh, you know, I'm part of a mastermind group myself, but there are three of us. Yet I still get tremendous value by participating in that. I think that when you begin to go above 16 in a group, it begins to really challenge um, the depth of, uh, of uh, relationships within a group. It's just too many people, I think. Gotcha. And then there's a facilitator, somebody that's running the group. So it's not just, you know, me sitting in the group and getting all the help that day and nobody else getting a chance to talk because I've talked to everybody set up. <laughs> and you bring up a great point. You know, there are mastermind groups out there where members within the mastermind group are acting facilitators for that particular meeting. Uh, but the groups that run most efficiently, most effectively have trained professional facilitators such as myself running the group so that we ensure that everybody gets a voice, everybody gets heard, and that no one person is able to steal the show, so to speak, and <laughs> run away with the meeting. 
Gotcha. That's important to have because when you have a, a, a lot of minds that are are strong, entrepreneurs tend to be strong, you know, minded will, they have to be to survive. You know, I can imagine, you know, a lot of heads bumping in there, uh, trying to uh, get things done. Um, how long does a, a mastermind actually go for a uh, time period and then each meeting? Typically, uh, meetings are held once a month. Mm-hmm. Depending upon the type of group that you participate in, the meetings can last anywhere between two to four or eight hours. Wow. Yeah. The eight-hour sessions will typically have um, a speaker in the morning and then issue solving in the afternoon. Um, An eight-hour session can be quite challenging for people to carve out that much time and have that much patience to sit through uh, an eight-hour meeting. I'd say the most prevalent uh, time frames are about four hours. Excellent. Sounds like you can get a lot done in those four hours, right? You definitely can get a lot done and you can get a number of issues on the table so that more than one or two people have an opportunity to have their issues processed by the group. And um, is there any um, after, okay, so we meet together once a month for say four hours. Mm-hmm. Um is there an opportunity if if I've thought through the solution um, and it's been two weeks and I've I've got a big aha, do I get an opportunity to reach back to the group or do I wait until next month? You know, relationships are formed between members of the group and between the facilitator and the members of the group as well. So there's communication throughout the month between members on an assortment of issues, including those that were brought up in the previous meeting. And so quite often there is communication between meetings to talk about updates. But one of the important aspects of a mastermind group is the accountability feature of a mastermind group. So early in the next meeting, we always circle back with those individuals who are in what we refer to as the hot seat, the person that had the issue, uh, to find out from them in a more formal setting, you know, how did it work out? You had made some promises of the things that you agreed to do. Were you able to accomplish that? And what are the next steps? Wow, this is this sounds like it's really helpful for business owners to have peers that get together that can help them work out these solutions and then to have the accountability of, yeah, I'm going to go let Susie go now or I'm going to go implement that strategy that I was on the fence about. I, I, I just find this to be very fascinating. Um, the mastermind group I was in um, had a group of people that maybe weren't my most ideal peers, and um, there were some personality issues, and so I left that group. So I haven't really had an experience where I've gone full term. Um, what would you consider a full term of a group? Most successful mastermind groups. Um, last between five and 12 years. Wow. So, so I, it's not, I, cut, I cut out a lot less than that. I mean, I was in for six months and I was like, okay, you guys are driving me crazy. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. out. There are organizations, however, that do set up mastermind groups for maybe the members of their organization or for their clients. And the group participation is set for a particular period of time. It may only be six months or a year. And then what they do is they rotate people in their organization through those mastermind groups so that everybody has an opportunity to participate in it. But those that are membership-based can last a very, very long time. I know of people that have been in mastermind groups for decades 
swear by it, will never leave. I know of a group where um, the members of the group are well in their 70s and 80s, and they've been together for 30 years plus. Wow, that's encouraging. I can just imagine the relationships that they've built through that group and the help that they've gotten. Tell me more about the relationships. What do you, what's an ideal relationship inside of a group like that? You know, I think that first and foremost, the relationship has to be based upon trust because the information that is shared in a group is so private to the individual that if there isn't trust with the members of the group to keep that information in the group, kind of like, you know, that saying about what, you know, goes on in Las Vegas, stays in Las Vegas. I was just thinking that. (laughs) It's the same thing for a mastermind group. And if at any point in time, somebody feels that their confidence has been broken, that could shatter the, uh, the makeup of the entire group. So trust is really, really critical. And then also respect, you know, um, If there's a member in the group who may not necessarily have the same ethical standards as the others, um, that's going to be vetted out pretty darn quickly in the group as well. So trust number one, respect number two, and then just admiration for all of the trials and tribulations each member has experienced in their professional and personal lives, I think is really, really critical for a group to to gel and, and stay together for a long period of time. I love it. And it it sounds like with that kind of group, um, that doesn't happen overnight. So how long does it take to really get a group um, operating, um, I guess, at their, not at their prime, but, you know, to really start to feel and get the answers and solutions that they're looking for? Does it take time to warm up? You know, it, it, it depends on the makeup of the uh, of the group, the individuals within the group. I've been involved in groups where within the first two or three months, they were like old friends. They've <laughs> known each other for 100 years, yet they've only met 60, 30, 60, 90 days ago. There are other groups where, you know, it can be a little bit more difficult for the members to, uh, to really gel. Uh, and in some cases, it could be difficult, you know, for a, a, a group that's been in existence for quite some time for a new person to break into the group. But it really comes down to the facilitator at that point. What is the facilitator doing to help that group bond? Uh, And there are certain techniques that we as facilitators could implement within meetings to help the members of the group get to know each other a whole lot better and to deepen those relationships. And there are certain things that facilitators need to do when a new member comes in to help that new member really feel welcomed by the group and for the group to accept them in as well. And so that's where, you know, having a a trained, skilled facilitator is really critical for the longevity and the success of a group. And where did you get trained on your your, um, facilitating skills? So I was trained by two incredibly fabulous organizations. The first one was back in 2008 through an organization called the Edward Lowe Foundation whose sole purpose is to help second stage entrepreneurs become even more successful. And one of the programs that they offer is a training, a facilitator training. So I did that training back in 2008. uh, And I did it a second time in 2018 because the facilitators there are truly masters at their trade. And they have this magnificent campus in Cassopolis, Michigan. If you've never been there, it is a pristine country. (laughs) It is in the middle of podunk nowhere. 
But for me, it was a retreat and it was a godsend place to be. Uh, and then I'm also proud to say that I'm a uh, Vistage Chair Academy um, uh, graduate as well. Another fabulous organization that does a fabulous job in helping entrepreneurs and business owners across the globe. I love it. Yes, I'm very familiar with Vistage and um, and how they work. So, um, so one of the one of the questions that had come to mind uh, when you were talking about the facilitator is there is there so I guess I guess the question that I have one question and I tend to do this often so forgive me you know no asking double ended questions and you know because my mind's always going in multiple directions but um, so is there ever any challenge does someone ever get kicked out of a group do you have you know issues in the group that you've faced there are rare cases where if there is a um, a personality issue. Um, that as a facilitator, we have to take that on and hopefully um, help that individual correct those behaviors to continue on in a group. Uh, there are situations, again, where maybe, God forbid, trust is broken. And if that's the case, you know, we are removing people from a group. Uh, and we also recommend to the group that it, the group formation is for the purpose of you know, challenged issues and, you know, coming up with solutions to them, not necessarily doing business with one another. Mm. We don't, we don't prevent people from doing business with one another, but we make it perfectly clear that if you're going to do business with another member of the group and something were to go askew as a result of that business relationship, that one or both of you may have to leave the group if you're not able to leave that outside of the room when you come into the room. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that was that was the second part of the question. Is um, so in these peers? Are these peers meant to? The question was: Are these peers meant to work together, um, like referral partners, or can there be even um, peers in the same industry? So there, it's not mm-hmm. it's not saying that um, uh, two plumbers can't be in the same. I don't know why plumbers came up, but two plumbers can't be in the same group, right? Well, you know, group formation can can come about in many different uh, perspectives. The most traditional group for a mastermind is uh, non-competing industries. So you'll have business owners and presidents from different industries because there is a presumption that people may not share their deepest challenges in their business because if there's a competitor in the room, they may feel that they'll, you know, use that to their advantage. I will tell you, though, that what I have found is is that you can have a very successful vertical group. You could have people within the same industry within a group as well. Often what we try to do, though, is we try not to have direct competitors. We may break things up geographically. For example, industry and trade associations will have mastermind groups of people in the same profession but from different geographies. These groups are held virtually in many cases, or they get together on a less frequent basis. But those that do get together on a monthly basis, you know, maybe we'll create a group of people in the technology industry, but they're in different fields within technology, different people in the construction industry. Maybe you'll have residential and commercial and people that provide, you know, resources to those in that industry. So you could have a very effective vertical group within a mastermind as well. Um, Other groups that we form are for next gen, um, 
family-owned businesses, minority-owned as well, women-owned businesses, second-in-command, as well as people who run divisions. Maybe you'll have people all within the HR field uh, working at different companies participating in a mastermind group as well. Wow. It sounds like you can do a mastermind for just about any business out there. Um, and I like the idea of, because if, if you've got a group of dentists, one may be a cosmetic dentistry, one may be a, a, an, a, an periodontal, a periodontal mm-hmm. an orthodontist, um, a cosmetic, you know, I mean, there could be so many different versions that they could get together, but they all have similar challenges um, that they could, you know, team up to help solve. Yes, and I'd say one of the um, challenges of a non-competing industry mastermind group is is that it's sometimes difficult for people with um, a real techie mindset, you know, to bring up an issue that they're dealing with with other members of the group that may not have any clue as to what it is that they're talking about. Mm. Whereas if you're dealing in a vertical um, mastermind group, um, many of the people in that group will understand. I may not understand what the heck they're talking about, but that's not as important as everybody else in the group understanding it. Yeah, and getting that valuable feedback because mm-hmm. why you're there is to solve your problems, to get that um, community of people that can help you work through them. But it's also something, you know, if, if, if I understand correctly, you're giving just as much, if not more, than you're receiving, correct? You are absolutely correct in that, Marcia. One of the uh, benefits of being part of a mastermind group is being able to give back to other people, being able to share your experiences and to help somebody else be successful. And that's where the real bonds, relationships begin to be built and last a lifetime. You know, and I want to circle back on something. I... I have led mastermind groups that follow different protocols. One protocol is where we, members of the group, share experiences that they've had in their business that relate to the challenge their peer is bringing up in the meeting. Another group is where those experiences are shared outside of the meeting, but advice and guidance is given in the meeting. Each one of those models have merit. But what I have found over time is is that the model where experiences are shared tend to resonate more with the member than those in which somebody is preaching to them or giving them guidance that perhaps that individual may not have ever experienced that challenge before in their life. Ah. And so when looking at a mastermind group, it's very important to find out what kind of protocol is followed in the group to decide whether or not that's the type of experience you want to have when participating. I never even thought of that. I just would have assumed, um, yeah, I guess I never, I never put that thought together because it seems when you're talking about your experiences, you could also develop more advice showing them what I've gone through rather than saying, oh, well, I talked to this guy and we did these five steps and you need to do those five steps that, that I learned and, you know, or what I heard about the guy said. Yes. I, I think it has to do with the brain, with how the brain operates. You know, when somebody is giving, especially an entrepreneur, especially a leader, and they're, you know, maybe they're pointing their finger figuratively at them, where they're giving them guidance and advice, you know, they're not necessarily open-minded about that. 
But when somebody says, you know, Marcia, what you're experiencing is something that I've experienced not too long ago. And let me share with you what that experience was and what I did to fix it in hopes that maybe you can find some value in that to help you solve your problem too. Now, all of a sudden, our brains open up and we begin to listen more closely and it makes more sense to us. Totally. Because as an entrepreneur, we have our mindset and we're off going and doing because, you know, that's if if we could fit into the box, we'd probably still be in corporate. Right. And yes. we're not. And so having that person tell you what they should be doing is uh, is very, uh, very spot on and, and recognizable. I, I could imagine I'd be sitting there going and you think. Okay, well, that's good for you. And then that, that, that stops the relationship and, and you can't allow that to go. But by storytelling, I think it's, um, it sounds like it would be a much more welcoming way of doing it. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't even think that there were protocols in it. I just assumed. So, Yes, and you brought up an interesting learning uh, technique, and that is storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, storytelling has been done throughout history, throughout the millennium. And when people hear stories, they learn more from that than if they were reading a technical book. Totally, totally. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, this has been great, Paul. You've given us so much insight on masterminding and, and why every single business owner really should have a group of their peers together to help them work through these problems. Because I've said it, and you said it in the beginning, you are not an island and, and you cannot make decisions in a fishbowl, so you've got to have some help on that. Um, where can people get a hold of you and learn more about this? Absolutely. So people can reach out to me. They can go to my website, which is www.ceoaccess.com, and I spell it uniquely. So it's C-E-O-A-X-X-E-S-S.com. Or they can... Reach me by email, which is uh, pworth, P-W-I-R-T-H, at ceoaccess.com. And again, that's two X's in lieu of two C's. Love it. Creativity. We need that. Yes. So this is great. This has really been valuable. Um, I know that, uh, that, you know, I've had some not so great experiences with masterminds, but then in formal situations. But that's, I think, I, no, I know that was because of the, the way it was structured and it didn't have the pieces together like you've been talking about. You've got this down, you've got it very structured, and but yet it allows the flow. Um, I'm very interested in, in doing something more. And I know that the people that have fallen out of the mastermind that I've been in um, would probably feel the same. So I think it's great that you are here today to explain that for us, Paul. Thank you. Thank you as well. Great. So listeners, thanks for uh, catching us today. I hope you found an idea or two that you can put into your business that will help your business become more profitable. If you'd like to learn more um, on ways that you can not only survive in today's business environment, but thrive, check out my failproofbiz.com, and that's B-I-Z, to get my six tips that will help you increase your cash flow right now. While you're there, join my six-day big profit strategy sprint, and we'll get your business moving a little bit faster. So this was a great tool, hearing about masterminds. And we'd love to hear your questions, feedback, or ideas for future shows. Please subscribe to this podcast and comment. 
We'd love to hear them and we'll get back to you with some great responses. As always, you can catch Profit with a Plan on any of your favorite podcast players. And we're looking forward to more great profitable information on next week's show. So until then, make your plans and profit with them. Thanks, Paul. Thank you too.